All right, Ulysses, uh, we're back on the uh, player review train, and today we're going to look at the 2022 performance of all-star, former all-star, I should say, Brandon Lau. A lot of hot takes, a lot of facts, a lot of figures, a lot of percentages are coming your way, so let's get started right now. Are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we're the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your very first listen every day. Be sure you subscribe to our podcast on any of your favorite platforms and check us out on YouTube at Lockdown Rays. And you can email us anytime, LockdownRays at gmail.com. Uh, as you should know, if you've been listening to these player reviews by now, we go through the player's uh, performance in terms of what went well, what went wrong, their future with the team and uh, final grade for the 2022 season. So let's get right into it. Second baseman, Brandon Lau, who could maybe at one point be first baseman, Brandon Lau, depending on what the Rays choose to do uh, in 2023 and beyond. That's correct. But you know what? Before we get to Brandon Lau, I just want to say a belated wink, wink. Um, Congratulations to Fred McGriff getting elected to the Hall of Fame. This was uh, breaking news on Sunday, so obviously I'm just uh, being facetious here. But uh, four right. days late, good for Fred McGriff. And obviously he will not go in with an Atlanta Braves hat, but obviously with a Devil Rays hat. Of course, right? Yeah, hopefully. No, I. <laughs> that's the thing is, like, what? which one does he go in on? I mean, he, he is has plenty. Yeah. 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 Maybe he just puts all the hats into... Um, you know, he just closes his eyes and picks one out, and that's the one he goes with. Yeah, that that'd be kind of cool. Um, all right, back to the uh, to the story at hand. Brandon Lau. Uh, before we get to the to the positives, I just want to do say say this uh, to everybody: this was Brandon Lau's worst year in Major League Baseball by far. Um, yeah. So let's let's get started on the slash line two twenty one. 308 on base, a 383 slug. That's a 691 OPS. Big wolf. Um, eight home runs, 25 RBIs, one stolen base. Had a 10.2 walk rate, a strikeout rate of 22.9. He was a w, uh, he had a WRC plus of 104, so four points above average, and an F WAR of 0.9. Um, the first thing that got my attention here was he put up the best numbers of his career regarding the walk rate and the strikeout rate. Yeah. He had never had uh, a, 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 as good as a 10.2 walk rate and as good as a 22.9 uh, K rate. So he was more patient at the plate. Uh, he didn't strike out as much. As he had in the past, I think those the factors obviously are 
getting more comfortable with major league pitching, being a little bit more of a veteran, maybe knowing what to look for with, with pitchers, knowing the pitchers that you're going to be facing, knowing the scouting reports, what to actually care about in those scouting reports. Um, just a whole lot of things do, having to do with growing within the game that I think Brendan Lau now, it's not an older statesman, but he's no spring chicken either. I mean, he th- this guy has had enough experience to kind of be a veteran within the Rays clubhouse, and I think that always will show in, in, in the walk rate and the strikeout rate that you usually will see those improve as guys age. Yeah, no, those are two great metrics right there. Also, uh, he had good base running metrics, according to Fangraphs, and I always think he's been um, solid in that respect. He's never going to be a guy that's going to steal you know, 25, 30 bags, but I think he's, he's competent when he's on the base paths. Um, and then yes, it's only eight home runs, but I will note that it seemed, and if you go back and look at the numbers, pretty much all of his eight home runs were no doubt. They weren't Justin Meadows, just scrapings. Like they, they were shots. And, And that's something that we've grown accustomed to with Brandon Lau is he can, yeah, he's not a big guy, but man, he's got strength with the best of them. Um, the other thing too, is that I find interesting, and I don't know um, really the the reasoning why this is, but uh, I believe his numbers versus lefties were better than righties. Yeah, that was kind of a, a weird thing that that spoke to me as well. In forty eight plate appearances, he had a seven ninety three OPS against lefties, and in two hundred and eighteen plate appearances against righties, he had a six sixty six OPS. So, yeah. um, obviously, with forty eight plate appearances against lefties. That's a very small sample size, so we can't really say, oh, he he definitely got better, or this is the new Brennan Lau. No, I don't think we can really come to conclusions, but it is something kind of nifty to, to pick yeah. out and say, wow, that's that's fortunate. You know, Hopefully, he, it was an aberration against righties, and hopefully it's a, a starter of a trend that he can actually perform against lefties because, boy, if, if Brennan Lau – were to be putting up 793 OPSs against lefties, it's already yeah. a great deal financially for the race to get a, a, this much production from the second baseman position. But if he's able to improve his numbers against lefties to this rate, which I'm not saying that he will, but I'm saying that if he were, right. my goodness, this would be the best bargain in all sports. Absolutely. And that's the other thing too is – I know you mentioned that it was the the worst season of his career, but at the end of the day, he was above average in respect to OPS plus and what his salary is and putting up those types of numbers, even in as few games as it was, it does count for something. And um, I know, Hey, uh, get ready for your, uh, your, but um, bump, but we didn't have to see him in the postseason. That was another positive that I've got as well for him too. Uh, Cause that's something that has to get, uh, you know, situated at, at some shape or form, um, you know, with, with his career, he's got to, he's got to put forth a good postseason showing. So uh, we'll talk more about Brandon Lau, but first we have to tell you about betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. It's where you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there football basketball soccer esports and more it is all covered at betonline.net it is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix so head over to their website today or use 
that mobile device of yours to learn more. Bet online, it is where the game starts. All right, looking at the not so good with Brandon Lau from 2022, Ulysses, what stuck out to you most in regards to that? Uh, well, let's look at how the production did dip and why it was the worst of his career. The WRC Plus, uh, his rookie season, 114 in 2018, 127 after that, 151, 137, boom, down to 104. Like you pointed out, Kevin, yes, that is above average by four points. However, when you're talking 157, 151, 137, right. 127, like this was a big, big dip. Now we know why. And the biggest reason why is the health concerns. Uh, it, it struck him again uh, twice. Uh, this season and he was only able to play 65 games in these player reviews we've talked about you know you gotta post like it's 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 awful when when they get hurt when the players get hurt it, it, it by by happenstance by making it trying to get a play or because their bodies just you know normally break down but at the end of the day like this is a game where if you're going to be posting up that's more valuable than not um playing 65 games and being the the main offensive, you know, piece that the Rays had in 2022, uh, that's not going to to cut it. So that's definitely my my main negative uh, w- with him would be the health concern. But yeah, something kind of struck me with the hard hit rates and the barrel percentage uh, this year. Uh, the, the the barrel percentage was a 10.3. That went down by four points. Uh, from last year. And the hard hit rate was at 38.9%. That also went down by four points. So hitting the, the, the ball a little bit less uh, where he should be, barreling it up and not hitting it as hard as he usually does, that is a point for concern, of course. But if I can be devil's advocate, I do think it comes back to that first negative, which is the health. He wasn't really healthy yeah. So therefore, the swing uh, wasn't the same. Yeah, the the back injury certainly could have sapped his power to some extent. And if you look, um, I believe within some of those uh, analytics, he was pulling the ball less and hitting the ball more straight away and the other way. So maybe it's also a combination of the back issue and maybe a little bit of a different approach of, hey, I'm going to be more selective and punch the ball around you know, ipso facto, uh, walking more and, and lower K rate as a, as opposed to the big bopper that we know him to be. And it's kind of like, you know, what do you want from Brandon Lau? It's great to have that low strikeout rate and that high walk rate, but we also like to see, you know, 35, 39 home runs over the course of uh, 162, whatever it may be. So now what, what concerns me is with the back injury that. I wonder how that's going to affect him in 2023 because uh, I'm not a doctor by any means, but I've heard that that is something that can cause issue or wreak havoc over multiple seasons. So I'm really curious to see how he comes back and steps back um, from this issue and this injury. And also Brandon Lau over the past couple of seasons, uh, even despite putting up, I mean, great numbers. And, and that's the other thing, just overall letdown uh, from what he did in 2020 and 2021. But there have been seasons in his past where he comes out the gate and, and starts slow, has a slow April, has a slow May. Um, 
maybe he has a really slow April and really slow May because he hasn't had, he hasn't seen game action or much game action in such a long time. That's, that's really what uh, concerns me for, for 2023 as well. Definitely. And one other thing, which is the financial reason is that he will be paid 5.3 mil next yes. year. So obviously it's, it's not none of our money, but when you look at the payroll and the production, if he gets hurt again, if he is not able to post up and puts these numbers once again, which hopefully he won't, and 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 the yeah. numbers probably say that he won't. But if it if it were to happen, you're that's that low bargain deal, that very team friendly deal now starts to kind of be heavy on your on your on your neck, doesn't it? I mean, five point three mil still very affordable, especially if you're a billionaire owner like all of these guys are. Yes, but you have to play. You have to show up in sixty-five games, even for five million dollars, is is not enough. It's not going to cut it, right? And that kind of gets to his future with the team and and what the Rays are going to do with him and what they have in store with him. Of course, he is under club control through twenty twenty-six at a below market salary. Um, and I know it's crazy to think about trading Brandon Lau, but at some point the Rays are going to have to figure out what they're going to do with their infield because they have Lau, they have Jonathan Aranda, they have Taylor Walls, they have Adal Brujan. It's a cluttered mix right there. So I, and maybe part of solving that issue is moving Brandon Lau to first, uh, for the foreseeable future. Although, uh, devil's advocate. He hasn't played first base really since 2019. But again, I mean, I, I, like I, I joke about how easy it is to play first base. Something tells me that he can get the hang of it. And I know he's not the prototypical size of a first baseman, uh, but the Rays have previously put uh, anybody and anybody there at, at, at one form or another. I, you know, they, they've put a guy that's five ten there. They've put a guy that's six foot seven there with no glove. Um, you know, again, they've, they could, they'd probably put a trash can there if, if the trash can could hit 30 bombs. So, um, but it, I know it's something that we've brought up before is the cluttered infield. Like there's, there's gotta be something has to happen this off season. Like not, you, you can't make all opportunities for all of these guys. And I haven't even mentioned all of them. No, you haven't. And, and one way of opening up that is to not have a one position for this one guy. If you can have Brennan Lau play first base, which, by the way, I know people that, oh, he's too short. Harold Ramirez is no Chris Young, okay? Yeah. Harold Ramirez is 5'10", which I think is did about Did Brasso play for some first as well? Brasso did play some he's first. He's 5'10". Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't tell me the race would never do that. Like, no, I, I, we just set two examples. So you can't – I don't buy the, the whole stature thing not being white – you know, he's not fit for first base. He actually has already played first base, like you said, for the race uh, as late as 2019. So I would be okay with that. You would be opening up the field yeah. a little bit more. I think you would hopefully try to keep him a little bit healthier if he's at first base rather than making diving plays in second and and by shortstop by, by behind the, the bag. Uh, I know the shift is over, but – not really, because you're going to be seeing kind of quirky things happen with with that in 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 2023. Yeah. A, a good way of avoiding those things, those health concerns, would be to put him in, at, at first base. I, I would think, and again, you would be finally having some pop from 
that first base side. So I know people love the fact that 39's home runs are going to come from second base, but ultimately wherever they come from, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's, you know, I mean, if you have a, you could have a great second baseman hitting 39 bombs, but if your first baseman's not doing anything, where are you at? Like if it all evens out at the end of the day, Uh, I will say with Brandon Lau playing first base, I agree. Like there's, a lot of factors into that because I think the height thing, like, yeah, people are going to talk about that, but Brandon Lau might be more athletic than a guy that's six foot two, six foot three. So he could reach to some of those balls that are, uh, you know, not right at his chest by the same token. It probably, I would think if I was a second baseman or a third baseman or a shortstop or anybody pitcher, whatever it may be, catcher throwing to first base, you like to have a big target, a big body. Brandon Lau's not really that. So there's also kind of a, uh, I guess a, uh, in it's, it's almost a mind thing of, Oh, I've got this big six foot five, 240 pound burly guy with a big glove. Like I just got to throw it in that vicinity and he'll be able to make the play. But I, I think it would, at the end of the day, just, Hey, your fielders have to, to make a somewhat decent throw. And I think Brandon Lau would be able to scoop it up and handle it. Like, I think it's a fair concern. It's a fair concern to want to have a big target. I understand that a hundred percent. I mean, you know, Rowdy Telez is a bigger target than Brandon Lau. A hundred percent agree with that. And you might feel a little bit more comfortable with that. Um, but if we talk about defensive liability and the reach as well, you, you have a guy that's six foot five, you, he might not be able to jump as high as Brandon Lau, but if he's got a longer wingspan, he can, he can stretch out. Yeah. You can yeah. stretch out and make that play. That's the other consideration as well as, you know, if a, a throw is short or not as hard, being able to, to outstretch that arm that can make the difference over the course of one sixty two, um, a, a lot of outs and maybe a ball game or two. It can. Lit- those are the, the within the inches thing. But again, then we go back to like, do the race feel like that's the way that they have to put first baseman in? And if and if that's the way that they thought, Mike Brasso would never have touched first base. Harold Ramirez wouldn't have ever touched first base. Well, maybe for like wow. a spot start or a couple spot starts, maybe not Brandon Lau at you know playing one sixty two at that position. Maybe not one sixty two, but if you can open up that avenue for for him for Brandon Lau to play first base. Save 50 games. You know, I, I don't know how many games, uh, uh, you know, uh, Harold Ramirez played as a first baseman. I actually do have it. 32 games. Uh, okay. Harold Ramirez played as a, as a first baseman. So at least you can tell me, I would think being a second baseman, like we've seen Brendan Lau, uh, make spectacular plays, maybe not so many. Uh, sometimes uh, I would think he would be a better first baseman than Harold Ramirez. So if you're willing to put Harold Ramirez, a guy with the same stature and maybe not as, as good defensively speaking with first base, you would at least be okay with putting 32 games of Brendan Lau at first I mean, base. If you're okay with putting Jose Martinez at first base, you should be okay. Big target. Just about anyway, big target. But again, defensive bleep in liability, right? So yeah, like, 32 to 50 games, Brendan Lau at first base, I think would, kind of help the log jam situation at second base kind of freeing it up a little bit you wouldn't have to you know get get that big acquisition you know we were talking about a jose abreu which is already off the board 
Um, I don't know. I I yeah. I, no, I, I think the drum for a long time now, and and I'm and I'm not gonna stop. You know, why, I think why, it could definitely supplement his offense because it's it's such much easier position. I mean, just personally speaking than playing second base and, and just so much less that you have to think about and focus on, uh, playing the the first base position as opposed to up the middle. So it's almost yeah. like, yeah, it, it would take a lot off his plate, at least defensively, which could, uh, translate into uh, better offensive numbers. Um, just generally speaking there. Um, before we get to a grade with Brandon Lau, couple of hypotheticals here, a couple over-unders I have for, for B-Lau going forward. Uh, 2023, over-under 135 games played. Under. Over-under 245 batting average. The shift is going away. I'm going to go hopefully over, but not by over, much. Okay. Over-under... 22 home runs with a dead ball. And I'm saying that he's not going to play 130 games. So he's going to play like 120. And in 60 games, he got 88, sorry, eight home runs in 60 games. So times two would be 16. I'm going to go under. Okay. Uh, for his career over under two and a half all-star berths. Oh, he still has one more all-star okay. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's a one-time all-star. So you think he makes two? Oh, the, the 2020 All-American League team thing that doesn't count as an all-star, right? No, no, okay. no, no. Crap. I know it's not really fair, but... Yeah. Dude, he was great at 2020. So he makes um, two more all-star teams. It is Okay. That's going to be rough. That's going to be tough, but I, he can do it. I'm going to okay. say yes. Over under 150 career home runs. He's at 84 right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got okay. that. Yeah. You think he gets to 200? I won't put my hand over any fire for that. Okay. Fair enough. Health concerns, baby. I, it's tough. That, the, that's the thing, people, yeah. I mean, it's a tough game. People just like to project. It's tough, man. It's a tough game. The, the fact that like Brandon Lau might not get to 200 home runs and Fred McGriff has 493, like it's remarkable. I know. And people are like, those people are just uh, accumulators of stats. Like, oh, they just stayed for 25. <laughs> you know how difficult it is to stay five years in the league? These guys stayed for 25, 20 years. Yeah. Well, they're just accumulating numbers. You try doing that. Heck, even dudes that played in that league can't even do that. Yes. can't even do that so to those people yeah. that are saying like oh those accumulators you know what to do with yourselves yes um all right uh it's great time for brandon lau for 2022 get the red pen ready uh what are you giving him from a season where he played uh 60 plus games and uh well we can say it frankly disappointed then from, from what we were expecting or I don't think we, we expected him to, to give 39 home runs again, but uh, middle of the order punch and at least, you know, 130 games played. 65 games played 691 OPS 104 WRC plus 0.9 F four. 
This is screaming like a 77 to me. I, uh, that's actually a little bit higher than I would have expected. I'm giving them a middle C 75. Okay. So 76. So, yeah, that's fair. And, 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 and you know what, if you're watching this on YouTube and you don't think that's fair, write it down in the comments. What would you have graded, uh, Mr. Brennan Lau for the 2022 season? And what's crazy is like his eight home runs are probably like fourth on the team too from this past year. <laughs> that's so sad. Yeah. Really insane. Yeah. It's Tied really to bad. Taylor Walls, by the way. <laughs> Tied to Taylor Walls. Yeah. That means something really wrong happened with Brandon Lau. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you for making the Lockdown Rays podcast your very first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. That is also free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we will talk to you tomorrow.